And welcome on in to the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. George Bremer and Ryan Hickey here with you post-draft. And we finally, George, were able to see some of the draft picks in uniform officially for the first time today. So let's not even keep the audience waiting whatsoever. Let's just get right into it. The biggest news of the day, quarterback-wise, is that the Colts cut Nick Foles. Your instant reaction. Yeah, huge news, right? <laughs> uh, waiting for that all offseason. Uh, I like it because I'm not going to get any more questions. Every time I tweeted, you know, any of the transactions the last couple of days, the Colts released whoever, I would immediately get someone on Twitter. Why Why have they not released Nick Foles? Well, they have. The moment you've all been waiting for has come to fruition. The biggest news of the day, quarterback-wise, yes, Nick Foles is no longer a Colt. Now, now he has to sign a one-day contract with the Eagles and retire in front of his statue. That's all. You are 100% right about that. But in all seriousness, it was the first time we saw Anthony Richardson in a Colts helmet, in a number five jersey. George, you were at practice today. He threw his first official passes as a Colt. Obviously, first day rookie minicap uh, mini means everything. So what was your initial takeaway from watching Anthony Richardson in the flesh in a Colts uniform for the first time? Yeah, I mean, clearly this team is Super Bowl bound. I mean, that that's, <laughs> that's the obvious takeaway. Uh, no, you know... He's as advertised. There are things he does that, that few humans on earth can do. His arm strength is real. We were about 70 yards away. Where we watch at the at the complex is, is behind the end zone, uh, and there's two fields. So we were in the middle of the two fields at least 70 yards away from, from where they were in this particular rep. And he drops back, and he throws like a curl route to, to one of the receivers. And the guy let the ball get into him too much. And it hit his chest, and you could hear the pop where Ooh. we were at. So, you know, first of all, feel bad for for that guy. Uh, probably going to have a little Wilson tattoo now <laughs> on his back. But um, at the same time, it's just it, it, that arm strength is real. I mean, that's not – it's functional, too. I mean, he, it's not just something where he throws it hard, you know, in testing. Like, it's – he has legit arm strength. You knew that already. Um, and, you know, there was good and bad in, in the 11 on 11 portions, which that's what this year is going to be. I think that's, you know, I think everybody needs to prepare for that. There, there were some really good throws. Uh, there was one in particular where a guy was open over the middle on a slant and he just missed him. He just airmailed it. And that's going to happen. I mean, that's especially on day one, that's going to happen. Uh, but there's also a really nice route on the sideline. He threw it right into to Josh Downs, who, by the way, catches everything. Uh, that that guy, it's a vacuum, huh? Yeah, he was really impressive. Um, and and you know he had said he went out last night at the hotel, went out in the parking lot, was uh, you know catching passes with with Richardson, and you can tell that even on day one, I don't think they had an incompletion between them um, in anything they were doing. You know, routes on air during the 11 on 11 during the seven on seven, which I guess my biggest takeaway was it'll be interesting to see if this happens in the training camp. But when they did seven on seven, Shane Sykin had coaches, trainers, guys like that up where the defensive line would be with pads. So there was not much of a pass rush, but there was pressure on the quarterback, even in seven on seven. I hadn't seen that before. That was new. It'll be interesting to see if that's just a rookie camp thing, or if they continue that, you know, as the year goes on. Um, but, you know, I think on day one, he was as advertised. You can see the talent that's obvious with him. 
Uh, and he's got work to do, but but we knew all that coming in. Well, that's 100% right, right? We talked about that ad nauseum, really, even before Richardson was drafted. But when we were talking about the possibility of Richardson being the guy here in Indy, it was throw out the record book in 2023. It's all going to be about his, you know, development throughout the year. And that's why wins and losses are not going to matter, especially in year number one, because it's all going to be about how can he improve from rookie mini camp to training camp, training camp to week one, week one to week 18. That's all. 2023 is going to be about now you hear about the arm strength you hear about some of the inaccuracies i'll tell you this right now i'm shane Sykin or any of those other coaches or staffers that are doing the mock rush in a seven on seven i put a helmet on i may put shoulder pads on the last thing i need is a richardson you know late release balls low buzzing by your head there and you know your concussion protocol for two weeks after getting drilled in the noggin that's that's one thing one tip george actually two tips that's number one if i'm a coach put a helmet on next time you do a, a little uh Mock rush number two for you in the media. You talked about the sound that Richardson's pass, how hard he threw it, hit up the chest. Maybe there is there any hockey pane glass you could put up, you know, as a barrier for you guys in case the ball is a little errant. Again, I don't want you know anyone in the media going down with an injury too. That's the I arm, felt, like you said, the arm strength is real. I never felt in danger today. Training camp, that's a different story. You're on the sideline there. That that I'm gonna make sure that I'm paying attention in training camp. I, I don't want to get hit. Maybe get the, on the jugs machine this summer. And Just you know, case, the thing you, know like, you gotta show the hands, George. Right, right. I think with him too, a lot of it's just placement right now. I think that's why you feel confident that it's something that's fixable. The one today that he missed, it's it's a little bit too far out in front. It's a little bit too high. I think it changes footwork, changes the time that he releases it, probably completion. And I think that's something that that's what this is for. You know, that's why you have rookie mini camp and why you have this time of year to kind of, you know, get some of those things ironed out. And it's going to take a while. There's no question, uh, just as there's no question that there's a tremendous amount of talent with, with this kid. And you go back to if anyone's watched the Colts in-house series with the next pick, which is just tremendous inside and behind the scenes of the scouting process this entire offseason. On the latest episode, what they showed was Morocco Brown and Anthony Richardson talking after Richardson's pro day. And Morocco asked him, what's the biggest thing you've been working on this offseason? And he said, footwork. And that's like you said, that's really where a lot of accuracy issues can be solved. And we saw with Josh Allen a few years ago, he put you know to bed the rumor that you can't improve your accuracy. If you're inaccurate in college, that means you're going to be inaccurate in the pros. We have seen that debunked. So again, with Richardson, like you said, it's going to be a process. It's not going to happen in the span of one practice, one week, or one month. you got to build from the ground up. Like I said, that's what, especially these early practices in May or 4th, May 5th, there's no reason to be hitting the panic button or freaking out if there's a few inaccurate passes. And even after, you know, in week 18, if it's still the same issues, again, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's going to be a process. But one of the things I'm excited about, that. George, and I was thinking about earlier today, especially now with Richardson kind of being on the field for the first time, this is going to be 2023, the first year the Colts have a quarterback without really any limitations, physically or injury-wise, since like really 2014 with Andrew Luck, the year they went to the AFC title game. Because ever since that year, Luck was dealing with injury issues that limited his play. And then we, even 2018, when he was back fully healthy, he was still trying to get back into that old Andrew Luck that we saw for a large part of time when he was healthy. Philip Rivers was older, no mobility. Same thing with Matt Ryan. Carson Wentz had a lot of, you know, liabilities, especially with his decision-making. And this is like the first time you kind of go into a season where physically the Colts quarterback will not be limited by anything. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you're not limiting his reps for any reason. If anything, you're probably giving him more. I mean, I think that's going to be an interesting one of the things I want to see is every year that Chris Ballard's been here, they've had four quarterbacks in training camp. That's sort of his number. You know, they like to have that fourth guy, take a few of the reps, take some of those those things off people's arms. The last couple of years, that was really important. You got a 39-year-old Matt Ryan, I think it was 38-year-old Philip Rivers when he was here. Uh, you know, you want to try it. This year's the opposite. I think this year it's going to be give him more. You know, give him right. Give him twice as many reps. Uh, you know, it's yeah. He's not only not limited. You want him out there. He took the vast majority of the reps today, as you would expect. I mean, there were two tryout quarterbacks there uh, who got some reps each, but it was very. It was probably I didn't count it, but it was probably sixty percent Richardson, um, as you would expect it to be. I mean, you want to get him out there, and this is what he needs: the experience. Get him out there and, and get him the work. Um, and yeah, physically. There's nothing there that we know of. Um, you know, there, there's no talk. There's there's no surgery that he's coming off of. There's no injury that he's working through. Um, that's new for the Colts. They have a young quarterback in his prime. Uh, well, before his prime, uh, and and being physically able to do everything. And it'll be interesting how that goes with the offseason too. When we talk a lot about the slow starts this team's gotten off to. Uh, plays a part in it when your quarterback doesn't do all the work and in 2018 he didn't really i think the first passes that that andrew luck threw were at veteran minicamp that year late may early june you know it you don't have to deal with any of that this year and it should now you got a lot of other things you got rookies everywhere you got a new head coach there's a lot of other things that are that are going to be you know learning experiences for this team but the quarterback is healthy the quarterback is unlimited um, it's a good place to start. It is. And it's also exciting too. Like already it feels like the energy to me, at least feels a little different. And I'm not saying that, you know, teams in the past were complacent or that Frank Reich himself was complacent, but you see, you know, even you hear the story, like you just mentioned before about Josh Downs and Anthony Richardson being so excited to get to work that they're in the parking lot on Thursday night before the night of the first practice, throwing passes and getting reps in. Like, there's a hunger, there's an innate hunger there with a guy like Josh Downs and with Anthony Richardson, with having a new head coach at Shade Syke in there. There just feels like a, a new energy, a new almost sense of urgency in a way that is a nice changeup from years past. And I hopefully, like I said, that leads to quicker development and leads to at least, even if it doesn't equate to wins, more excitement and more of a reason to watch. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the important things to to, to carry through this year when they have some adversity and things don't go their way, can you keep that hunger? Can you keep that excitement? Uh, and I think that's going to be one of the most important jobs that Shane Sykin has this year to show them where things are going, right. To show them how close they are uh, and, and to keep that. Cause right now there's no doubt. I'd say one of the biggest takeaways I had from Richards, I meant to say this earlier today when he would finish a rep and the other guys were going most of the time, he was shadowing what they were doing. He was going through the steps, working on his footwork, mock throwing the ball you know that to me shows a little bit he's number four overall pick in the draft if anybody out there could have just come out today and basically showed up and said i'm here and and that's that he could have done it and yet he's out there working like an undrafted guy you know trying to make sure even in between reps that he's working on footwork he's working on throwing motion you know it's little things like that that really i think helps sell you on this kid because he, he talks the talk and now in one practice he's walking the walk that point right there is so important george because all off season 
the very few clues or the and the little insight we got into the thinking in the brain of Chris Ballard and Shane Seiko when it comes to quarterbacks, which Shane Seiken kind of repeated the most, arguably, is he first and foremost looks for the quarterback that loves the game, loves the grind, and is just looking to get better each and every day. And he's related and talked about Jalen Hurts and how he knew kind of almost from day one, this kid's not failing because he works too hard. He cares too much, and all he does is want to get better every single day that it's impossible for him not to have success. And we saw that very quickly, Jalen Hurts rise to uh, to prominence, become the starter, get him to the playoffs the very next year, second in the MVP voting. And you heard Syke and all offseason talk about you need to have the love of the game, love for the game, love to get better, love the grind more, especially that's what it is. It's a grind every day to get better. And you hear Anthony Richardson, whether it was at the scouting combine earlier, earlier this year, talk about how, you know, hey, Tom Brady, you know, won seven Super Bowls and is still working hard every single day. So if he's working hard, like there's no reason for me not to work hard. That's obviously it's easy then to talk to talk, but it's day one. I understand it's May, so we're not trying to get carried away. But you just are able to bring some some real life insights into now he's putting those words into action. Even if it is just as small as doing extra practice reps to make sure his footwork is where it needs to be. Or mental reps of, okay, this route is called. This is the defense that they're playing. Where am I checking? Where am I going with the ball? Every little bit helps for a guy that does have a long way to go. And like you said, you feel good about Shane Seikin's ability to coach Richardson. You feel good about Richardson's ability to develop as, a you know, hopefully a franchise quarterback for this team if the will and the want to get better every single day is there. And again, it's day one. So let's not get crazy. But so far, it sounds like George, like I said, he's, he's so far pairing the talk and the walk together. Yep. No, multiple Lombardi trophies this year. Multiple Lombardi <laughs> trophies this year. That that That's the goal. No, but, you know, realistically, <laughs> um, you watch him. I think use, the word that, that Shane used the most in the offseason was obsession. He wants a guy who's obsessed with, with the grind. And we don't know. Like you said, after one day, we don't know. But there's hints. Maybe this kid is. And they were around him a lot more. And you, you got to get the feeling that they got that vibe from him. Uh, I just, to me, that was a good sign. I mean, you're trying to watch everything these guys do. He's under a microscope more than anybody else out there. Uh, and, you know, that to me was was a positive sign. He also just seems like a kid that gets it. I mean, in the interviews that, that you've seen him do both with us and the media, but also with the Colts team themselves and some of the other things that he's done, you know, in this this lead up to the draft. You've heard him talk a lot about how excited he is to be here, how it's a dream come true, but how he's got a lot of work to do. You know, that, that this is not the end, it's the beginning. And I think that's, I think sometimes when the draft picks get themselves in trouble, it's when they're a little too happy to be in the building, you know, where, okay, I've accomplished what I, what I set out to do. I don't get that sense from Richardson at all. That's a good point too, because you see around this time, a lot of, a lot of draft videos released of guys getting the call from the head coach and the GM and the owner. And, Hey, we're taking you with this pick, whether it's in the first round, the fifth round, everyone's emotional. Hey, I made it to the league. And you're right. For some guys, it's, oh, I made it. Like, my life is not complete. I am an NFL player. But for others, the ones who want to be great, the ones who actually not just want to make it to the NFL, but have a very sexual, uh, successful career, their thought is, okay, we got the first, you know, we got the call, but this is not the end goal. This is really just the beginning. Like, that getting that phone call is almost, in a way, the easiest day of, hey, I made it, but now this is where the hard work starts. This is where the grind really starts to kind of get better and not just be a guy in the NFL, but try to be one of the guys 
in the league. And like I said, so far it sounds like Richardson is more in the mindset of, I want to be one of the guys, not just a guy. And on that note, George, I think to at least wrap up day one of rookie minicamp, already it's early again. I I know I said that before, but I want to repeat that in saying this. I think Josh Downs might be right right now one of my favorite players. This is from the draft day call and his emotion in getting that call on day number two to last night catching passes from Anthony Richardson and just trying to, you know, already put the work in. And then today, like you just mentioned before, start the pod. This is outside of Anthony Richardson uh, content. I think the next most talked about thing was Josh Downs and just being the vacuum of anything that was in his area. He just uh, consumed. That's that could be, I think the, the five to one um, and that, that uh, what you call a pairing, I guess, dynamic duo. That could be a, a big one here for Indy for a long time. Yeah. I mean, the, you don't have to put the ball perfectly with, with Josh Downs. You throw it in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. That's going to be good for a rookie quarterback. I don't know anybody, uh, any rookie, no matter how accurate they were in college or how accurate they are in the spring and summer, when you know when the bullets are live, that if you put the ball in this guy's area code, he's going to catch it. It's a very comforting feeling, you know? Uh, and I think that's going to be something huge with him. The other thing with Downs, you there's a picture out there on social media from the video uh, when he got the call. And then that look in his eye, Game of Thrones or something. Like he's just ready to go and, and take on an entire army. You know, you talk about a kid with a chip on his shoulder. He feels like he was the best receiver in this draft. And Reggie Wayne agrees with him. He says it. So he's got somebody pretty powerful backing him. Uh, and, and to go in the third round, He's angry and he's got something to prove. Um, that's never a bad thing. And you get the rookies in here who feel like they've got, you know, that they've got to tell the league something and they've got the talent that Josh Downs does. And again, day one for him too. So hey, he's being guarded by rookie defensive backs. Most of the guys on the field against him probably are never going to play in an NFL game. A lot of them are tryout guys, undrafted guys. You know, you don't want to make too much of it. It wasn't burning Stephon Gilmore today. You know what I mean? But he went out there and he looked really good. Uh, in his very first NFL practice, and that's worth something. And I, and I think you just you get the vibe from that kid. We talk about being obsessed with the craft and obsessed with getting better. You get that vibe really strongly from Josh Downs. That's and look for someone who catches everything. And if you know with Richardson's accuracy questions, that's a that's a good guy to have. That's a good connection to make too. Where even if you're a little bit off, you have no problem or no doubt that hey, Downs is going to make the catch and uh, keep on moving the chains for sure. So let's wrap up the podcast with this, George. I want to go back one last time to draft day because in the series I mentioned before with the next pick, there was cameras inside the Colts' war room on Thursday night. And one thing I noticed that it really did bother me, that is this. The fact that the I have a problem with the Colts not trading up to the number three overall pick. After the draft, after the first round, you were in the war room. We talked about this in the podcast immediately after uh, Richardson was drafted. In case you missed it, Blue Horseshoe Pod on Twitter, Blue Horseshoe Pod, wherever you do get your podcasts, bright blue logo. That is where our new feed is of all our new shows. And Ballard was talking about how he knew basically a month ago, this is the guy. Richardson is the guy. You have Jim Mercer saying, hey, if we were the number one overall pick, we would have taken Richardson. Like, doesn't matter. This was our number one quarterback. There's a lot of conviction there, a lot. But the thing that bothers me is the fact that when you watch this series with the next pick, it's in the war room right after the Texans chose at number two and the Cardinals were on the clock. There's a moment where Chris Ballard is alerted, hey, the Cardinals traded out a number three. And for a second, he goes, kind of like freezes, like, oh boy, like 
Am I not going to be able to get my guy? Now, it came out, obviously, as we know, is the Texans trading back up to get Will Anderson Jr. Okay, no problem. The Colts get Richardson at number four. But here's my problem. If you were that in on Richardson, if that truly is your number one quarterback in this draft class and you were all in on getting him, I don't, I don't like the fact that you were sitting there gambling on the fact that no one else would trade up to number three and leave the door open for someone to swoop in and steal your guy. The Titans before him were trying to trade up to number three. We can now presume it was for C.J. Stroud because they thought Texans were going to pass on Stroud. Obviously, they did not, and that's why the Titans never moved up to number three. But if the Titans love, let's say, Anthony Richardson, and they moved up to number three, you are not getting your guy. I, I, have, I don't like that because, again, if you have that much conviction, something's not adding up. You love Richardson that much, but you're also willing to sit there and maybe lose him and then get stuck with Will Levis? That, to me, is flawed logic, George. And I don't. that, to me, doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I mean, what it tells me is that they didn't love him that much, that they did love him, that he was the number one guy, you know, in this quarterback class for him. But they said from day one that if there was somebody that was far and away the can't miss, you know, prospect, the guy that, that separated himself from the group, they'd go up and get him. And the fact that they didn't tells me that they didn't see him in that in that way. And I'm sure it has to do with a lot of the flaws that we've talked about. I mean, the potential of this kid is through the roof. Morocco Brown is the president of the Anthony Richardson fan club. And, and he, you know, the way he talks about him, you can see all of that, the alien qualities, you know, the fact that this guy is just does things few human humans on earth can do. But at the end of the day, it's not a sure thing. There are question marks, you know, can he fix some of these mechanical area, you know, areas that he needs to work on? Can he be a more accurate guy? Can he do it with consistency? Um, and if he does, then it's going to be a great pick and, and, you know, everyone's going to be very excited in Indianapolis and he'll make billions of dollars as, as Jim Mercy says. Uh, but if he, if he doesn't, you know, then that's, that's life in the NFL. You move on to the next big thing. Um, and I think that to me, the Colts not moving up is, is telling me that, yeah, they loved Anthony Richardson and he was their top guy, but they weren't all in, so to speak. If they were, they would have gone up. I really truly believe that. I understand the flaws with Richardson. And again, that's part of the reason why he quote unquote fell, if you will, to use that word to number four and the Colts didn't have to trade up to get him. But it just goes back to Chris Ballard taking the quarterback position seriously. It felt inevitable. They're going to take one in the draft in the first round. But again, it just goes, it just frustrated the, the fact that you, you at least speak of conviction. Maybe you're right, George. Maybe they don't love him so much. And uh, hell with it. Him, Levis, we don't see that much of a gap. So whether Richardson goes at number three or not, we'd love to have him. But if he goes, we'll take Levis at four. I, get, I see, I think there's a way more upside, way more potential with Richardson compared to Levis. So I'd much rather have Richardson over Levis without a doubt. And you see the rest of the NFL kind of spoke where, uh, where Levis dropped out of the first round and Richardson was the last quarterback taken in round number one. And ju it's just frustrating fact for the fact that, again, the quarterback is the one area I don't think you can really mess around with. If you identify the guy, go get him. We've talked about this when it comes to, or we talked about in the offseason, when the number one pick was still up there for grabs and the Bears didn't trade it to the Panthers. And we both were in agreement. Whatever the, the price is, if it works out, it's worth it. Like that, getting that guy it, to me, there's no price that is too high because quarterback is so important. And if you hit, even if it's five first-round picks, which I know you can't do 
because of the rules. But let's just say that was that was the price you could do it. I would have no problem paying five first round picks to draft the guy that you think can be the real deal. And it's just frustrating for the sense that yes, they got they got registered, so maybe we'll just get over it, and it's no harm, no foul. But I don't like the gamble again at the most important position of well, hopefully we get him, but if not. You know, oh, well, we'll just settle for someone else. I just don't think that philosophy works with quarterback. Ballard used it again. Now, it could work, or at least in this sense, where they wanted Rich and it did work. Um, we'll see if he pans out. But I, I just, it's still frustrating that that logic was applied um, even in this draft when it was so important to get the guy. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it before. I don't like the process uh, very much that, that they went through. I thought they were a little bit too laid back. Um, and they weren't aggressive enough to go get their guy. You know, in my mind, if Richardson was that guy uh, and you felt like he was a top quarterback, go up to one and get him. And I know, hey, you know, the way it worked out, you got him at four. That's great. At the end of the day, the, the the result is what they wanted. They got him at four. They kept all their picks. I know that that was the best case scenario for, for Chris Ballard, and it worked out. So there's plenty of other stuff to, to knock him for right now, uh, like talking about how important the offensive line is and adding three uh, two day, three picks and, and an undrafted rookie, um, which right now is not really much of a commitment to that area. Um, that bothers me more right now, especially with a rookie quarterback uh, than than the way that played out. But there's no doubt the underlying philosophy there. Um, you know, we talk about it all offseason. I, I don't feel like they were aggressive enough. You look at what Carolina did and saying, let's just get off this carousel. Let's go get our guy. Um, the Colts didn't even do the plan B part of that by going up to three. But at the end of the day, they got their guy, and now it's either going to work or it's not. And I think that's the important thing here. That's why the offensive line element of it is the bigger issue to me because you've now got a rookie quarterback in there. You want to give him as much help as you can. Part of the reason you pick all these, you take all these picks and keep them is to fill out that roster around him as best you can, let it grow with him. And in the offensive line, so far, there are guys out there, that, and I expect them to probably sign a veteran right guard at some point. But, you know, right now, as we sit here in May, the entirety of the additions on the offensive line are two day three draft picks and an undrafted rookie. So that to me, I've got more issue with that right now. It's a fair point. It's a very fair point again, because part of Richardson's development, like you just said, is going to be on the blocking up front. And we know, especially last year, the offensive line was a major reason. The number one reason last year was just a total failure in every sense of the word. And like you said, it's kind of same old, same old in a way of we're going to run it back and we're going to see if anything happens or if anything improves, but we're not going to actively be proactive and go try to make the fix instead of sitting back and, and seeing what comes to us and seeing how guys you play. I'm with you there, George, 100%. It happened now at the two, you know, two of the more important positions uh, in the sport at quarterback and offensive line. Hopefully it works at quarterback. Hopefully Richardson pans out to be the guy that got him in the end of the day. So. I guess in a way, no harm, no foul. But again, that that process has not worked uh, so far in recent years. And it seems like Chris Ballard is going back to the well again, which is definitely um, a little frustrating for sure. One other quick thing I want to run by you here before we get out of here. I meant to ask you this on Thursday and I, I totally forgot. What the hell is going on with Jim Mercer's hair? I don't know. I don't Who know if that's a Peter Berg stylist. And who said that's a good idea to go with the, what you call it, rust color, gold color? Rust what, is what a good. Where do we go there? Rust is a good. I mean, first of all, when you're the owner, you can do what you want. So I guess that's 
that's the first answer to that is, you know, when you have his, his money, it's not weird. It's eccentric. So that, that's helpful. Uh, I think he just went Hollywood. I mean, that, that, that's my theory. He was out there with Peter Berg filming the movie. Uh, I think he just he went Hollywood on us. Uh, I think that that's my answer for Jim Mercy's hair. Yeah, that was um, that was a shock. That was a shock to say the least. See, see, maybe that brand new luck. Maybe he's got a twenty-year-old quarterback. Maybe he's trying to to turn the clock back a little bit. You know, <laughs> I know Richardson makes me feel old, so I, I kind of get it. That's a good, you know, I, I will take that. 20 years old, George, I think you're right about that. It goes, oh, wow, this guy's super young. I got to I gotta fit in. I got to be cool what the kids are doing. Let's go, yeah, bring the. So have the overhead. Back for like the over-ear headphones here pretty soon. Oh. It's going all the way. Get the Walkman back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Boombox on the shoulder? Yeah. Go Turn all... It all the way back to the 80s. Yeah. Oh boy, I'll t- I'll turn it back to the mid two thousand George. How about that? The heyday of this franchise. That that's that you know, talking about the clock. Let's go back there. All right, that's a good place to go. Like May '06, for instance. Just, just to pick, pick a, a, random, a year. random year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. But bright days are ahead. I see the sunshine in the back, so that it's a bright yeah. day where you are, George. And hopefully, this it was a beautiful day. So the sun uh, is shining. Chamber on the of Commerce movies. weather today. Yeah. Because even the sky, I'll tell you what was interesting. Yesterday was one year to the day of Andrew Luck's first practice. And so then you flip the, to one day later and, and the new era begins. So that's, you know, it's kind of interesting the way the calendar works out sometimes. Yeah, that is for sure. And hopefully the, the, the bright sunshine on Richardson's first day is a sign of things to come. That many bright days are ahead for himself. And our head for the Colts uh, and their fans as well, George. Fingers, fingers crossed. But the Anthony Richardson era officially underway as Friday. He had his first practice. Um, very exciting so far. The five looks good. We'll, we'll see how he progresses throughout rookie minicamp. Get to OTAs. Get to training camp. And let's get the Richardson-Steichen era started here for the Colts. So that'll do it for this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Really do appreciate you tuning in. Make sure... If you like what you hear, you subscribe on YouTube, Blue Horseshoe Podcast. You download the podcast wherever you get your pods, Blue Horseshoe Pod, bright blue logo. And also, you want to email us, bluehorseshoepod at gmail.com. George, will answer your questions. Maybe I'll answer your questions as well if you want to hear my answers as well. We'll get your uh, Colts answers, Colts questions, I should say. It's a Friday. I apologize. Your Colts questions answered right here on the pod. So have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. We're us, but right here on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast.